0: Broadcasting from the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio.
1: Hey, I'm Matt Bassford. Hey, and I'm Doug Parker. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at cruiseradio.net. On this show, we'll talk to travel writer Sherry
2: Laskin and Paul Motter from Cruisemates.com. We'll talk to them both about cruising solo. Before we get to Stuart, quick note our own Doug Parker was quoted again, this time in the Florida Times Union a recent article about Carnival's itineraries out of Jacksonville. So check out that article at cruiseradio.net. Now, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, is here. Hello, Stuart.
0: Hey, Matt. Hey, Doug. Hey, man. Getting right to it. As we always do.
2: The Celebrity Silhouette, you were just on it. How was it?
0: Well, I'll tell you, the other three uh, uh, Celebrity uh, Solstice class ships were amazing. Silhouette was a made some really incredible improvements. Which really just set the set the ship off into the stratosphere, the main difference that that they had was they removed the um glass blowing um, uh shop that was on the top of the ship right off the um, lawn. lawn club, yeah, and they put in a lawn club grill Now we're not talking about a grill that you'd have in your backyard, but there are grills, and so essentially you have this really nice dining area that is is open air. And, uh, you know, you, you actually have a, you know, person or persons from your table. One person will can go and uh, make flatbread, you know, kind of like flatbread pizzas, and put whatever you want on it. Right. And then, uh, then your chicken, your fish, your steaks, uh, your kebabs um, would be done on the grill, and you would cook it along with one of their chefs. So, you know, you get to put on the apron, and you get to go have a, an opportunity to go out to the grill and, and do it in a, you know, four- or five-star, you know, experience.
2: I really like that idea, you know, because I, I like cooking my own food on the grill. Now, afterwards, do you get to put on a cabin steward outfit and clean up your own room and make your own towel animals?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, it really, it really was an incredible evening. The views were, are just incredible. Uh, and it's going to make the space so much more used by the passengers. I mean, you know, at nighttime when there was, like, nobody there, this place was packed. And, I mean, they'll be able to get, you know, about another 200, 250 people at night uh, for dinner. So it just really adds a nice ambiance. And then what it also does is it just it creates this camaraderie where tables of people that may not know each other are interacting and engaging each other and really kind of having a good
1: time. Glad we could be there with you on that one. It was nice. Um, two, two Carnival ships bumped in Key West. Uh, which ships were they, and was there any damage? Well, the uh, fantasy uh,
0: got too close to the imagination uh, in Key West, and the, the ships themselves allegedly didn't bump. It was the, an awning, you know, these, these uh, uh, ad- additional structures that essentially struck each other. Um, the imagination was docked. Fantasy was pulling in, and uh, she got a little too close, and just out of, uh, you know, the regulations, uh, you know, the Coast Guard was involved to find out, uh, you know, why the ships got so close, and
1: that's really all we know at this point.
2: You know, Stuart, nothing good ever comes of my imagination getting too close to my fantasies. There you go. Oh, dear.
1: So, Stuart, this is a hot topic lately. What's going on in Greece, and is this something that cruisers should take note of?
0: Well, it's it's a really a good question because a lot of people are wondering really what is going on. Uh, you know, the cruises—the only cruise line that has gone back to, let's say, Egypt, uh, has been Princess. Nothing, no other cruise lines have uh, followed suit. A lot of people believe it's way too early to be going back there, considering they still have no form of government and stability, and the issues have are left unresolved. In Greece, they're having all kinds of of problems. They've got their their debt issues that are going on. But uh, right now it's uh, crazy taxi cab drivers who are blockading the, the pier. And for a country that is so dependent and desperate for money that they would have the audacity and the wherewithal to block the tourists are supposed to be coming in to be spending millions of dollars to help support them, it's, it's just mind-boggling. But what a lot of people don't know, guys, and that's one of the many reasons you want to continue listening to cruise radio, is that people think it's relegated to Athens. Last week, um, it was more than Athens that cruise ships were diverted away from other uh, Greek ports, including uh, Crete, you know, the island of Crete, yes. as well as Corfu. So there are other air islands within the, uh, you know, the Greek islands that, that are having problems, and, you know, they are, they are striking near the cruise ships, and the cruise lines are, are very strongly looking at, uh, you know, the, the situations. And if, the, if they cannot ensure the cruise ships' uh, passengers... Uh, safety. They're they're going to divert, uh, you know, and go to other ports of call.
2: Okay, so just to put the rumors to rest and tuck away any fears, do cruisers need to stay away from the Mediterranean? No. All right. We always love getting the listener questions. You can email comments at cruiseradio.net. This from Bob Kenyon in Boston.
1: Bob writes: I would like to know the difference between the Eastern Caribbean and the Western Caribbean. Haven't never been to either of them. And other than reading on Cruise Critic and other sites i found, I have no real answers other than the price of the cruise, different ports to visit, and what ships I'd be on. Any advice would be greatly appreciated.
0: Well, that's that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, the really, you know, the Eastern and Western Caribbean are just directions of the Caribbean. Uh, And, you know, of course, other than just, you know, there are different ports, the Eastern Caribbean now is, you know, tends to be a more expensive uh, uh, itinerary. Uh, Western Caribbean uh, tends to be, you know, tends to offer some additional savings over the Eastern Caribbean. And, you know, which islands the ships visit, uh, that really depends on, you know, what ship and really what you're looking for. So, uh, you know, a lot of first-timers do Eastern, a lot of first-timers do Western. Uh, You're not going to go wrong with either one.
1: Okay, when it comes to safety, is one safer than the other, though? You know, Doug, that's a
0: good question. I mean, the Caribbean is a very safe destination to go to and and perfect for for first timer i mean you're not going to go wrong with with either of these itineraries uh and you know i mean it may be you know best to stick to the the cruise line tours to your research in advance but uh both both of these different itineraries are are really terrific the the ships departing out of the uh south florida ports will be able to get you to the eastern and western as well as of course the you know port canaveral but uh you know, it's, 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 a good, it's a good place to go for your first cruise.
2: Very good, Stuart, as always. Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you.
0: Well, it is so great to be back. And, uh, oh, of course, boy. next week I'll be calling you from where? Mexico. What a
2: fancy world traveler you are.
0: Well, you know, look, we gotta be out there and kick the tires for yeah, the listeners. We really do, we really do, Stuart. Thank you so much for being with us. Absolutely.
3: Okay. Have you been dreaming lately about a romantic tropical cruise to the Caribbean? Cruise
4: one. Or how about a breathtaking scenic cruise to Alaska? Cruise
3: one. Or how about the Mexican Riviera? Or Cancun? Cazuna. Or New England. Or Canada. Or Italy. Or Greece. Or the Far East. Or how about a cruise, cruise around the
2: Has more than 550 cruise specialists nationwide ready to help you plan your dream cruise. And speaking with a local Cruise One expert is as easy as calling toll free 1 800 Cruise and the number one. That's 1 800 Cruise One or find us online at CruiseOne.com. Number one in cruising
4: nationwide Cruise One. Yeah, Cruise One. I like being. It makes me a jolly good fellow, I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow.
2: Each episode, we give you Porthole Cruise Magazine's Pick of the Week. When you think cruising, do you think beer? If so, you might want to consider booking a cruise that calls on Key West this Labor Day weekend. The highlight on tap from September 1st through the 5th the Key West Brewfest.
1: Get it on tap? I think I get it. Over the weekend, you can taste more than 100 beers from around the world like Monk in the Trunk, Magic Hat, Purple Haze, Woodchuck Draft Cider, and of course local favorites like Key West Sunset Ale. Besides the main tasting festival, other events include parties, dinners, and beer brunches.
2: Presented by the Southernmost Hotel Collection and Southernmost Beach Cafe, the weekend event benefits the Key West Sunrise Rotary Club of the Conch Republic. You can find out more, just go to keywestbrewfest.com.
1: Or go to our fridge.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, no, you didn't.
2: We've talked to him before. You've heard him before from CruiseMates.com, Mr. Paul Motter. Welcome back to Cruise Radio, Paul.
4: Hi, Matt. I'm really glad to be here. (laughs) Yay!
2: So you just recently sailed aboard one of our favorite ships, NCL's Norwegian Epic. I love that ship. Uh Uh-huh. And we got to see, we didn't stay in it, but we got to see the uh, brand new Solo Cabins, and those are really, really slick. I would love to stay in one of those. And we want to really talk to you about what it's like to, to cruise solo and to specifically cover your experience in that solo cabin. But first of all, uh, tell us about, uh, your. was that your first time on the Epic?
4: Yeah, actually, that was my first and only time on the Epic. And it was the first cruise of the Epic. It was the transatlantic cruise right oh. after the inaugural cruises they did gotcha. they had a couple of short you know media cruises like 2 days but right. that was the first full 7 day cruise of the ship
2: very good and you did stay in the solo cabins
4: I did and you're right they are very cool cabins cool is a good word for it um they have different light settings like red blue and violet and yeah. green and the lights will cycle they'll do different colors and you can set them for different moods and things like that. They're, they're very cool cabins, space age in a way.
2: You know, a lot of people may think, and this, my, I include myself in this, where, you know, a, a, a small single cabin could maybe seem claustrophobic to some people. That, that perception is there. But as we were touring the solo cabins, it just didn't feel small at all. It was so cozy. And like you said, with the lighting and the technology that's in there, you really felt like you had a comfortable, very, very comfortable space.
4: Right. It is comfortable and, and it's very utile. I wouldn't want to put two people in there as they originally planned to do. They were right. they were wise to change them to solo cabins. I think they make those cabins just about as small as you can possibly make them yeah. and still have them habitable. I found myself moving some of the furniture around. But other than that, they are very comfortable and usable.
2: Are there any negatives about the, the cabins or, or cruising solo in that regard?
4: The only possible negative is that there really isn't much drawer space. All you have is closet space, and and it's abbreviated. It's only about six to eight inches deep. I don't remember exactly. So you'll, you'll have to remember that almost all the clothes you bring will have to be on hangers or else folded up and sitting kind of out in the open. But the good thing about the cabin is you can actually have a guest in the room and, and they're small, but you can actually use the bathroom and the shower, unlike the larger cabins on Epic that are kind of famous for having not-so-private bathroom facilities.
2: How does dining work when traveling solo?
4: Well, the nice thing about Norwegian Epic and the solo cabins and the solo concept on Norwegian Epic is that they have the, the, what they call the living room for the studio staterooms which are the solo cabins. And the living room is a room that's only given access to the solo cruisers in those studio staterooms. And inside the living room, they have not only food and big screen TVs and a bar with a bartender, but they generally have an activities director on duty most of the time in there organizing singles to get together for meals every night and other activities throughout the cruise. So it really, to me, that's a a one-of-a-kind solo cruise experience unless you go with a singles group on a regular cruise ship. But that's the only cruise ship I know that does that as a matter of course on every single cruise. Gotcha.
1: And they'll round up a group for any of the specialty restaurants, too, or is that just for the main dining room?
4: They go with the flow, you know, depending on what people want to do. What they have is a, a bulletin board that they'll post up, and they'll say, you know, if you're interested in going you know, to to the Brazilian Churrascaria tonight, please sign up here and we'll have a group that's all going at the same time and they'll make the reservation and then you can go.
1: When you're traveling solo, are any itineraries better than the other?
4: I don't really think that it does make much difference. No, I you know, I think itineraries are an individual choice. Uh If I were traveling solo, I would probably want to go to a place where I really want to see the destinations. Because then I don't mind being alone, you know, if I end up being alone. Because I'm interested in the destination. I don't enjoy being alone in places where I'm generally bored.
1: What advice do you have for booking excursions when you're uh, cruising solo?
4: Well, I'll tell you one trick that I have found when, when I used to cruise somewhat solo. An excursion, especially on a regular cruise ship, is a great way to get to know somebody you might have your eye on. Now, if you f- find somebody who you know is single and you think they're cute and you happen to hear them going on a certain excursion, get yourself on that same excursion. It's a good way to meet somebody, yeah. especially on the bus if you see them sitting alone, which there's a good chance they will be because most couples sit together and take up both seats.
2: Oh, yeah. And then Paul the player comes out.
4: Yep. <laughs> and I sit down next to him, and I go, hi, I'm, never mind. Oh, yeah, working I don't that, give away all my secrets. Working that
2: modern magic. What is the cost comparison to cruising solo? And it, I guess really the question is, is it really worth it?
4: It's worth it to a lot of people who who want to be alone. I find that there are people who will cruise solo and don't mind being in a cabin that's meant for two people, and they don't mind paying that double occupancy fare which can be expensive, but there's really no choice. If you want to go solo on most mainstream ships, they're going to charge you the price of two people. Some people don't mind paying that.
2: He's always got great cruise information, and oh yeah, he's got game. Mr. Paul (laughs) Motter from CruiseMates.com. Always a pleasure.
4: Thank you so much. Have
0: a question for the experts? Or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. I'm feeling
3: like a star, you can't stop my shine. I'm five cloud nine, my head's in the sky. I'm solo, I'm riding solo, I'm riding solo, I'm riding solo,
2: solo. She's with us once again. We always love having her. Travel writer Sherry Laskin. Hello, Sherry.
3: Hi, Matt. How are you doing today?
2: Very good. Doug's here, too. Hey, Doug. Hey, Sherry. <laughs> so you just went on a, a solo cruise, yeah?
3: I did. It was This one was only 50 days. I'm sorry to admit, oh but Lord. it was less than last year.
2: Only 50 days. Mm-hmm. That's long.
3: Well, it is, but you're constantly on the move. You yeah. know, if you don't fly and you're taking ships everywhere or trains, there's never a dull moment.
2: Well, uh, tell us a little bit about that.
3: Well, I was lucky enough to find a ship right here in Port Canaveral, so I just literally left my house, hopped on the ship, and about 13 days later, I left the ship early in Amsterdam, headed for Brussels, headed for Remish, luxembourg yeah. boarded a riverboat for what turned out to be 27 days.
2: Wow. What's one of the first things you, you would advise people to do?
3: Well, to make that step, and don't be afraid to go out there and cruise on your own. It's a wonderful way to travel. You meet so many people that you wouldn't meet if you're stuck with somebody that you're traveling with. Um, It's a great way to travel, and you come back really proud of yourself that you did it.
2: I know the first thing I like to do when I get on the ship is head straight for the bar.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm just a few steps behind you, believe me, on that one. Yeah. Um, and I do have a little trick for um, when I do go to the bar. And, you know, as a, as a woman traveling alone, this is a lot directed towards other female solo travelers. Um, make friends with your bartender. It's so important that you have a safety zone. And a place that you can work without being hassled or, or um, people just, you know, stepping into your space. So I make friends with the bartender. Give him a tip up front. He'll watch out for you. He will keep your glass filled. And it really helps to give you a place to go. It's like my cheers.
1: Well, yeah, you had a little experience with Spaghetti Eddie, didn't you?
3: <laughs> spaghetti Eddie. Spag- spaghetti Eddie was a character. Um, it was my first night on a transatlantic, and I really hadn't developed this idea of finding a bar and a bartender to call home. And I sat down, ordered a a Cosmo because those were in a couple years ago. And before I knew it, I turned around and <laughs> this little guy that comes over and he has his flowing white hair, a flowing white scarf, a white suit, white shoes, a white patent leather huh. belt, huh. and they call him Spaghetti Eddie. And he proceeded to hound me for a couple of days until my wonderful bartender said, leave her
2: alone. Nice. As I'm reading the article, I see kind of a, re- a recurring theme here. And, and that is, you know, make friends with, yeah, well, at least the important people on the ship, uh, including the front desk that, you know, you mentioned the bartenders, but this includes the front desk staff as well.
3: It's really important. They, they take the brunt of everybody's complaints. And for them to see a smiling face Really brightens their day, and if anything, if you need anything done for your room, whether it's you know you need repairs at two o'clock in the morning for something, a light bulb changed, and it's not getting done, if you have friends at the front desk that you always wave to or say hi, they will take care of you, and it's you know it goes both ways. You're nice to someone, they're nice to you.
1: You know, I took a solo cruise out of Port Canaveral last September on the Monarch of the Seas, and uh, what kind of advice? Because this for me, dining was a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, what, what kind of advice do you have for dining for solo travelers?
3: Dining can be a, a bit of a daunting experience. Yeah. Um, what, first of all, you do not want to be at a table for four.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, that can just be catastrophic. You don't want to be at anything smaller than really a table for six. And you want to make sure, check with the maitre d' as soon as you board, and make sure that he can look on the computer, and m- make sure that you are at a table where the names aren't all couples. Right. Uh, you don't want to be the only the, the, the 11th wheel or the ninth wheel at a table for 10. It just doesn't work well. So they can rearrange it and so that even on your first night, if you've checked and you've done your, your leg work and your homework, they can move you before your first seating so that you're at a table with a bunch of other people who are traveling solo. In
1: your article, Sherry, one of your points you mentioned that I was reading, I love this part of it, is when you're traveling solo, you have an entire cabin to yourself
3: sure do. It's I, You know, you become rather stingy with your space, I think, once you've been traveling solo, and you don't have to divide it up with anybody. You can have your shelves, your drawers, your closets, your counter space, the floor space for your shoes, if shoes are important. Um, it's just a nice way to travel. Well,
2: and I know for, you know, <laughs> you can have as many men in and out of your cabin as you want. Isn't that right, Sherry? <laughs>
3: As long as they take numbers and it's consecutive, you know, you have to keep track. You're not going to put yeah. this on the air, I hope, right? Hot! <laughs> I don't know. Um. I'm turning red now. You're on to me.
1: Here we go. Well, uh, <laughs> and speaking of that, uh, g- cruising is really not this big, as you mentioned, singles get together anymore, right?
3: That's a great segue. No, it's not. Yeah. I mean, it can be. Certainly, it can be if you go on a, quote, singles party cruise. Mm-hmm. But but they, basically, it's not anymore. Even the daily planners, where they used to say singles get together and, and uh, cocktail time, now it just says solo traveler meeting. And it really gives a different spin. I mean, it, you know, you're still looking to meet people to socialize with, but... And I, as I put in my article, I used to always hide behind a potted plant or send someone else in to scout it out for me. Because I was, I never want A. I didn't want to go in, and B. Once I walked in there, I was mortified of what I would be doing. You know, I always plan to take a laptop and my, my um, notebook and my pen, so I had my little security blanket. But this time, I just on Cunard last time, I walked into the solo traveler cocktail party and it was a really nice experience
1: your article mentioned something good for solo travelers as well um, having built-in companionship not probably what you may think but
3: hmm. <laughs> now this is this is a different situation altogether you're still traveling solo but you find a group and we they're called affinity groups so you may travel with people from a local wine bar you know you're all going separately but yet yeah, you still have your get-togethers. It could be any, any group whatsoever has these functions now at sea, and it's really you get the experience and you can build up your confidence in traveling solo, but you have a built-in safety net with people that you'll get together with at dinner. You might even have onboard activities together. You, maybe they will have a shore excursion. And For example, again, if it's a culinary or a wine cruise, you may all go in your own little group, to a winery or to a restaurant and watch the chef on shore prepare your luncheon entree. So, finding an affinity group and they're all over the internet. You can you can look and check. Perhaps you know a religious affiliation has something going on, but you can get your sea legs for traveling solo.
2: Sherry, it's so good to touch base with you.
3: Well, thanks again for having me on the show. This is so much fun. You guys are just like a hoot to
4: work with. So I love it.
3: I'm riding solo, solo.
4: What you want. If you want to enjoy all the unedited interviews of Cruise Radio, then sign up for Cruise Radio Premium content at cruiseradio.net. Hear all the interviews that don't make it to the show behind the scenes, off the cuff talk with crew and officers, on demand interviews, and more at Cruise Radio Premium content. Sign up today at cruiseradio.net. Just click the premium content icon.
2: We have got to tell you about eTravel Blackboard's first ever O Brochure Cruise Experience Guide. This was put together by one of our frequent guests, Natalie Arroyan, out of Australia. And it's really a must-have for anyone planning to sail out of Australia.
1: Before you go any further, this cruising guide is absolutely free. All you have to do to get this is go to cruiseradio.net and click on the O-brochure icon.
2: There's a lot of great information in here, too. You can find out which ships will be calling Australia
1: home. uh, Wind lines will be launching their new ships. Tips on packing, port, and excursion ideas. Information on river cruising. Some great deals are in this guide. This guide is filled with info, and did we mention it is free?
2: It's really perfect for agents to have cruise information at their fingertips or to give to those traveling to uh, or even considering a cruise out of Australia.
1: Once again, this is free. Go to cruiseradio.net and click on the O-Brochure icon. I want to take a quick second to thank everybody
2: who has joined our Facebook family. Not that we're codependent, but please, won't you like us on Facebook? Want to congratulate Kaylee Lay, who was our thousandth Facebook
1: fan? Is that right? Yeah, that would be right. What else would it be? <laughs> what did she receive? A mention on this show,
2: which is priceless.
1: <laughs> Also, we're in the process of setting up Google Plus right now. They have a Hangout feature where you can actually drop in on us recording the show in the studio. So uh, more details on that coming up as well.
2: Yeah, because I got a new laptop with a webcam.
1: You're fancy.
2: <laughs> Each week, we like to try and save you some cash, courtesy of CruiseOne.com. A five-night Bahamian cruise starting at 209. Or
1: on Celebrity, a six-night Bermuda cruise from 429. Or
2: a seven-night British Columbia and U.S. West Coast cruise aboard Norwegian Cruise Line starting from 449.
1: If you feel like Royal Caribbean, a seven-night Western from just 479.
2: Take advantage of these deals and many others right now. Just go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Cruise One logo. Alright, that's going to do it. Coming up next week, more cruise news with Stuart on the Cruise Guy.
1: Don't forget we're on Stitcher Radio. Find us on your smart Phone app store to search Stitcher Radio. Also, we love getting your emails comments at cruiseradio.net.
2: Yeah, we got some great listener response to our interview last week with Nancy Shredder. All about family cruising, family travel. And, uh, you know, if you know somebody who is going to be going on a cruise or if you're going on a cruise yourself, again, feel free to email comments at cruiseradio.net.
1: We also have over 20 onboard broadcasts from like the Carnival Magic, Holland America's Eurodam, Oasis of the Seas, Norwegian Epic, Celebrity Eclipse, Celebrity of Solstice. The list goes on and on. You can check out all of our past broadcasts at cruiseradio.net.
2: And again, don't forget about premium content. All the stuff that didn't quite make it to the shows each week, behind-the-scenes stuff, it's all right there at cruiseradio.net. Click on the premium content logo. From the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Basford.
1: And I'm Doug Parker.
2: And
4: this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, Email sales at net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio. I'm your announcer.